You know I'm gonna get you. Yeah. Whatever it takes to. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host Ed Birdsaw. Mr. Birdsaw, the names may change, but the hosts stay the same. How are you doing? More things change, but they stay the same, Adam. Um, I have a question for you. I actually have a I have a question for you, Adam. And we can revisit this potentially uh, later in the show if if you uh, if you do not have an answer for me right now. But the question that I have for you is, why not us? I don't think I'll ever have an answer for you because I can't think of any reasons why not. Why the fuck not? The national media hates us. Paul Biz Nasty, or should I say, Paul Miss the Net hates us. Everybody fucking hates us. No one wants to see us win. But the question is, I that I have for those people, those haters. Why not? Why not us? I just don't understand it. I mean, this is like, I think when I was watching uh, game seven against Carolina, I was like thinking to myself, like, this is what being a Yankee fan is like, except without the 27 championships where everybody, where nobody wants you to succeed. Uh Uh-huh. Welcome. 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 It kind of sucks. I mean, I, I like the success, but I mean, everybody hating you kind of sucks. Now and we we can we could talk about it more when we when we get there. Um, actually, you know what? Yeah, no, I'm going to save it because I know we're going to go on a tangent. We have a strict time schedule that we uh, that we must follow. Um, so I'm going to save what I wanted to say um, for when we get to the hockey part because we have to do deep sleeper and then we have to talk some NBA finals. Um, obviously, that's starting up tonight, Thursday. You'll be hearing this on Thursday, so you'll be hearing this right after we record, um, and then we'll be talking some hockey. So. Um, yeah, so I'll save my question, my, my legitimate question for um, for after when we get to, when we get to the hockey bit because I'm actually very curious about something. Okay, well I'm excited to do, to see. That's a it's a good tease. Look at you, radio professional. Radio professional, look look at me. I, I can't listen. You could blow your load early in the show, but then what does the end really provide? Nothing. No comment. Intended to sound exactly how it came out. Anyway, uh, what is your deep sleeper or who or what or where or when? What is it? So there's going to be a theme to to this uh, this this podcast. Um, I was at game one last night of the Rangers Tampa series, as you could tell by the state of my voice at the moment. Fucking jealous. Um, <laughs> so jealous. Sorry. Sorry about that. We literally got our tickets. The gate, we, the train we took was at like six thirty. We got our tickets at like five o'clock. It was spur of the uh, moment done. Can I ask how much those tickets were? Because I'm kind of curious. Um, I won't say it on a hot mic, but I could, I could, I'll put it in numbers for you. How many digits? Oh, it was, it was three digits. Okay, it was three digits per okay. seat. Per seat, it was, it was, it was three digits. Three digits. I'll, I'll. I'll signal it out for you, and then you can react based on that. But I won't say it on a hot mic, okay? Okay. I don't need people to know what kind of tax bracket I'm in. Come on now. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. For yeah, a game one. one of a playoff game? Mm-hmm. Well, Eastern that's also three final. hours before puck drop. That's true. Supply and demand. But, mm-hmm. like, still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the fucking trick. That's the Consider- effort for anybody out there. For anybody out there that wants to know, you buy your tickets mere hours in advance. That's a lesson to be learned. You know, I, I saw on your Instagram, like where you were, 
where you were sitting. And I'm like, those are actually not bad seats. You know, to putting 221 right in the corner, right behind where the Rangers shot twice and no obstructed view because you have you have the bridge in, in MSG that anything after row 17 in the 200 section, you have the obstructed view. So yep. we were row 13, but our section only went up to 14. So it was perfect. So anybody, anybody that wants to get cheap-ish sort of seats, you know, just go for the corners. Go for the corners and go for anything that's below uh, row 17. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of like, like for some sports, I kind of like sitting high up. Like well, I, I, I don't mind sitting high up, but at MSG, you have the bridge that completely blocks your view. No, so I know. You can't even fucking see. You're staring at a TV the entire game. And my whole thing is, well, if you're going to be staring at a TV the entire game, why not just watch from home? Yeah, it's true. That's how I feel. I mean, I, I don't know if people uh, are going to feel any differently, but um, that's just, that's just, you know, that's well, my own personal, uh, personal spin of the matter. Well, I'm sure that if you went to a game at uh, AT&T stadium, you'd probably be like, depending on the seat, you might have the same issue. Um, Yeah. Yeah, there could also be an issue with uh, with Jerry's uh, massive scoreboard. But I didn't get to my deep sleeper. Yes. So your deep sleeper is? It, it's very me. It's very, very me. So obviously I was at the game. I was with uh, my kid brother and one of our other friends. And great time. Great time. Sat, sat near some fantastic people. These people are actually listening to the podcast, too, because I, I did I – did, uh, are you kidding? You know, I did plug the pod. Yeah. And they said that they, they subscribed on the spot. So all the guys are sitting in 221. What's up? Um, so well, I thought you made it sound like they listened to it before. They... Oh, no, 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 no. Adam, come on. Come on. I wish I wish we were famous. I'm like like, I, wish, I wish we were at the level of Ryan meeting Greg Kaplan, please. I was about to say, like, you're like Greg Kaplan. Like people are like, hey, you're Greg from Blue Shirts Breakaway. Right. Like at the uh, Met game. Uh, no, I, I, I thought. No. OK. I wish. But. But they subscribe to the podcast and now they'll be avid listeners. So what's up, boys and gal? Um, but the, the moral of the story here is so you know how they do like the, the celebrity cam and everything like that. So mm-hmm. all the celebrities were there. Anthony Rizzo was there, by the way. Anthony Rizzo. That's a fucking hockey fan. He heard the Yankee game was fucking rained out and did what he had to do to get himself to fucking MSG. That is my guy. That is that is a fucking warrior. There were no, there were no Mets there. I didn't see any fucking Mets there. I, I know they're on the road. So there were, yeah, we're wait, no, we're not. Well, I mean, we're in. We're oh no, in no, you were at home. You were at home playing Washington. Yeah, we were playing Washington. Oh, did you have a double? Were you were you a doubleheader? Um, or no, actually, that game was during the day. Yeah, because you it was it was a day game for, for the Mets. But why do I feel like it was also a doubleheader? It was not a doubleheader. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, the Mets are fucking frauds. A- a- anyway, and, and not a big surprise, but fuck the Mets. But Brian Dable United. was there. Who? I'm sorry. Brian Dable, the head coach of the Giants. He's the Rangers' good luck charm. Yeah, like they ever did my thunder. God damn it, Adam. So, oh. in any event, in any event, you know, they're going through the whole fucking celebrity list. The, the, some kid, I forget what his fucking name was. Uh, Noah something from Stranger Things. I, 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 I oh, was the. Yeah. I was the only guy. I literally, when they showed him, I literally said, I screamed at the top of my lungs. I got about a whole section fucking in hysterics. I don't know who the fuck you are. Like, he's, I literally, I had the no one idea. With the shaggy I never, hair, right? I never watched Stranger Things. So I'm just either. like, I don't know who you are. You're just a child to me. 
He's a, I think he's like a noted Rangers fan. Like he's at, he goes to like a fair amount of games. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. And, and, and I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. But as far as I'm concerned, he's just a child that's sitting in the 100 section. And you know, that's kind of it to me, but in any event, you know, you know, blazing through this, Brian Dable uh, was there. They showed him on the, on the screen. All the Giants fans went fucking berserk. And then Brian Dable gave the point to Joe Schoen, who was also there sitting right next to him and, and they did not have him listed. And there's Joe just waving and everyone's going fucking nuts. They turn it down. Everyone gets kind of, you know, lower, lower key. And they were sitting pretty much right in front of us. So like we had really, we had a, we had a view of them. Yeah. We got to see Brian Dable's big ass head. So literally when it died down and everything like that, I screamed at the top of my fucking lungs, giants suck. Let's go Cowboys. And I had my, my brother and my buddy next to me, both of them are Giants fans. They start just punching the fuck out of me with their coach and their GM right there. They're and it right, made yeah, my they're life. literally right there. Yep, yep. Made my life, and I'm absolutely 100% certain that they heard it. Completely. Were there any Knicks there? Because I know that Obi Toppin goes to a, no. a number of games. No, they did not show um, any Knicks that were there. There's a female boxer that was there, but I didn't know who she was. Um, I feel like there's one more person that was there that I am, uh, that I'm not. Oh, uh, Blake Martinez. Oh, Blake Martinez was, was, was also there. That's nice. Yeah. But he, he, I, Blake, Blake and I have been to, uh, the same, the same amount of, uh, playoff games this year. As far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned, he was there, um, against Pittsburgh. And then he was there for, for this. Interesting. So, yes. so, so I was able to welcome Brian Dable and, uh, and Joe Schoen to, uh, is it Schoen or is it Scone? I think it's Schoen, right? It's Schoen. It is Schoen. Okay. I, or I Shine. Want, I, I have no idea. I, I think it's like Schoen. I, I remember somebody saying they pronounced his name differently than how it's spelled, but I don't oh, know. That, perfect. That, that helps. I, I think it's Schoen. I'm, I'm almost positive that it is. Um, but yes, I, I welcome to New York in uh, typical, typical Cowboys fashion way. So what's your deep sleep? Your deep sleeper is celebrity cameos or uh, my it's... deep sleeper is welcoming the Giants head coach and GM to Madison Square Garden via Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't need to welcome Brian Dable to New York. You just need to welcome him to a more south part of New York. More, more cultured part of New York. Yes. And more, much more, much more cultured part of New York and rest in peace, Marion Barber. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was horrible. One of what literally one of my favorite cowboys. Yeah, I, one of my I know absolute th- favorite cowboys. I love Marion Barber. I remember you talking about him. Where the, he, yeah, he was one of your favorite uh, players of those cowboys. Teams. Like we grew yeah. up with those cowboys teams, and yeah, at, at uh, RB duo that they had a Marion Barber and in Julius Jones. That was a fucking duo. That was like that was like the time that I started Wait, watching the Cowboys. Julius Jones. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Felix Jones. There were there was Julius Jones. And there was Felix Jones. Oh, well, Marion Barber was actually in a timeshare with Felix Jones also. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Anyway, so my deep sleeper is also sports related. Oh, okay. And my deep sleeper is walk-up music. Baseball oh, okay. walk-up music. Okay. So uh, Mets cult hero, Nick Plummer, his walk-up music. Do you know what his walk-up music is? It is the no, overworld. I don't. It's the overworld theme from Super Mario Brothers. Like the really it's fantastic. I love it. I know. 
It's crazy. It's it's my favorite thing. He's he's great. You know, fuck the Phillies. He was a big part in that another comeback win off uh, where he had a home run off of washed Corey K- Corey Nabel because he really is. No, he's, he's no, he's bad. He's bad. He's so bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, walk up music is mine. And I have a question about this. Yeah, if you had walk up music, or if you're a pitcher, if you have warm up music, what 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 song would you pick? Hmm. Oh God, that's really tough. It, de- it 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 depends. It depends. I think it depends like, on the position. If you're a pitcher, you want your warm-up music to kind of be like intimidating a little bit, kind of like Enter Sandman for Mariano Rivera. Yeah, I, I no, I do I do have mine. I do have mine. I would say um number of the beast, Iron Maiden. That's a good one. Yeah, I think that I think that would be mine. Or was- um or um oh shit. Um or Asylum by Disturbed. Interesting. That's what I was looking for. So if I was a pitcher and I wanted to be like intimidating or something, my warm-up music would be Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, that's such a good shout. Oh, that is such a good shout. Fuck oh, clearly, me. That's, that's, that's a fantastic, fantastic shout. I've been thinking about this for a bit. because So Trevor oh, clearly. May... Yeah. Clearly. That, that, that is like... Wow, that is good. Uh, yes. Yep. So, because tr- uh, Trevor May's warm up music actually is um, Welcome Home by Coed and Cambria. It's really fucking good. That's a great song, too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that, and then my batter walk up music would be Return to the Mac by Mark Morrison. Fantastic song. Return of the Mac. Daddy's Return of the Mac. Uh, I, I mean, if I were to have one, if I were to have one, um, I would say that mine would be uh, Give Me More by Britney Spears, but I would want a remake done where it's Elijah, <laughs> give me, give me more. Elijah, give me, give me more. Because it, it'd just be perfect. Just be perfect. My guy, my, my, my hero. He's great. But yeah, so one that's, of the only Jets that I will truly have a soft spot for in my heart. Clearly. Unless, unless you know, Tony Roman were to come out of retirement and be starting quarterback for the New York Jets because he would do a much better job than Zach Wilson would. What? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Totally. You think Tony Romo, who hasn't played football in how many years? Uh, four. He retired in 16, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, four years. Four years. No, it was, it was five the, years. Yes, it was the end of... Um, oh, the oh, end yeah, of five. 16. No, five, five. It was the end of uh, Dak's rookie year. Yeah, because he got Wally Pipped. End of Dak's rookie year, and then he played, and he was on the franchise tag for a year. Yep, five. So Tony Romo, who hasn't played football, football in five years, would be better than Zach Wilson currently? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, who Talent wins. Talent I mean, wins at the end of the day. How can I argue with a biased Cowboys fan about of this? Of course. Giants suck. Let's go Cowboys. Yep. Yeah, that's a good shout, though, for uh, walk-up music. I like that. Or warm-up music. Adam, I think it, Adam, going please, with metal please is stop. Nice. Please stop trying to compliment me. We all know you fucking won that with uh, "Don't Feel the Reaper." <laughs> it's such a good song. You're a dick. <laughs> you, you you plant. You just wanted to put me on fucking blast today. 
I almost want to do like a remix, a remix of that where before it starts, you have Christopher Walken from the bit saying, I got a fever. And the only prescription <laughs> is <a> cowbell. <laughs> and that just starts. <laughs> and now you're taking production values to just a whole new level. Yeah, because it, it's it's great. I love it. But oh, uh, God. the Mets good have God. some pretty good walk-up music, actually. And the Yankees, the Yankees, I don't know. I don't know. Any, I don't know a lot of them off the top of my head. The only one that I really was like able to just be like, yeah, okay, was of course Anna Sandman with 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 Bob. Yeah, Edwin Diaz has that song with the trumpets, which is uh, I think it's called Narcos by Blaster Jackson, Timmy Trumpet, and like sure, yes, whatever. Sure. It's it has a lot of trumpets. It's pretty cool, but you know it's a and then I know Trevor Mays because like the last Met game I went to those two guys pitched and well, Edwin Diaz is famous for the trumpets. Now I think he, ever since he changed it from whatever it was before, he's been like a different pitcher, but you know, that's superstition. Superstition. Absolutely. Just like, just like for tomorrow night, I'll be sitting in the same Rangers Jersey. I'll be sitting in the same Rangers shirt and I will be wearing the same fucking clothing that I wore last night. Good call. Not washed, not washed. Very important. Yeah. Todd Frazier had pretty good walk-up music. It was "Fly Me to the Moon" by Frank Sinatra. Oh, I mean, that's, I, that is that is a man for the classics. Yeah, and then the only other one I can remember off the top of my head, or I can think of off the top of my head, is Luis Guillorme's walk-up music is "Louis Louis." <laughs> of course, go figure. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let's move on to the NBA Finals, and stop me if you heard this one before. I mean, this is like crazy. Because this this is the NBA's 75th anniversary. And two of the original three teams in the NBA are playing each other in the NBA Finals. How crazy is that? Crazy. Because the original three teams were the Celtics, the New York Knickerbockers, and the, I guess it was then Philadelphia Warriors. Mm -hmm. At the time, yes. Yes. But... Craziness, absolute craziness. But you know, the Celtics have been good all year, and really, you know, last year was kind of an aberration for them because of all the COVID stuff Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And maybe Brad Stevens, you know, wore wore out his welcome. They needed a new voice in the locker room, and Ime Odoka has been fantastic for them. It's been a breath of fresh air, really. And you know, it's and it's not like Brad Stevens is you know gone. He's you know front office nice little suit job gets paid more money he was I, fired by promotion yeah fired by promotion correct correct they needed a bread they needed a brand new voice and, and i made doga has done a really fantastic job with with the celtics team who, who quite honestly you know as a as a new york guy you know it, it kills me to really say it but the celtics are a very very likable team because they've done it the right way they've been knocked down they've been knocked back countless times but the same core has always remained with Tatum, with Marcus Smart, with Jalen Brown. That team has grown up together. And then you bring in uh, the other pieces like your Robert Williams, who has just been fantastic for, for the Celtics pretty much all year. He's been sensational for them. You know, you, you, you build that core around each other. And they're doing this really without – the need for any outside stars. Cause we've talked about this on this podcast time and time again, and Jake and I had both had said this, that did the Celtics window pass when they decided not to go and trade for Anthony Davis. 
and both and him and I both said yes that that it we didn't think that the Celtics were going to get anywhere close to you know getting to the NBA Finals again, but here they are. Here they are. They're going to be playing against the Golden State Warriors team, and again, it just kind of feels like that this is like a shift. That this is just more than Celtics versus Warriors. This could be like. This is the dynasty that we all know in today's modern game with with the Golden State Warriors versus a Boston Celtics team that this could be what the Warriors were a couple years ago. And this could be the first of several championships, if not deep runs, you know, going into the NBA finals just because of how deep and how talented this Boston Celtics team is. Oh, God, I hope not. I hope not either, but I will say out of all the Boston teams, Celtics are the most likable. Yeah. I mean, also, I don't hate them as much as I hate the Patriots. And, I mean, the Red Sox, I'm okay with. And the Bruins, I'm also kind of okay with. So, really, it's just the Patriots. Oh, fuck the Bruins. I I, I can't stand the Bruins. But at at the same time, I think, for me, the Bruins are pretty close to the Celtics because it's like, even the Patriots, like uh, the Patriots, I'm I'm cool with, I'm cool with them. I understand, you know, the whole the whole Jets thing. I get it, but I'm just talking from the sense of a from a New York sports fan, not necessarily just myself. Jets fans are going to have an issue with the Patriots, obviously. You know, I'm not going to you know try and sugarcoat that any any other way. There's a rivalry there, absolutely. Uh, Yankees fans could have an issue with Red Sox fans that that's never going to change. Sorry. We don't give a fuck about the Mets. Like we give a fuck about the Red Sox. That's just, that's just fact. Mets fans hate Yankee fans. When the Yankee fans hate Mets fans, that is 100% the truth. And that is never going to change. But then you get to the Bruins where, yeah, it, there, there's a rivalry there between the Islanders and the Bruins and the Rangers and the Bruins, more so the Rangers and the Bruins than, than, than the Islanders and the Bruins. But the Rangers have, the Islanders, the Islanders have the Rangers, the Islanders have the Devils, the, the Rangers, Rangers have, have the Devils, the Devils. Yeah, the Devils have the Rangers and the Islanders. So they're, they're well, the Rangers like also more... have the Capitals and the Penguins and the sure, Flyers. Sure, there's, but they're more, um, I'm talking more like the local, you know, sort of rivalries. Like I, I view, this is just me, I view the Islanders and the Devils more as big time rivals to us than I would view I agree. Even the Penguins or the even the Flyers or the Caps or the, or the or the Bruins. And then you get to the Celtics. This is a big generational thing, I think, because you have people that'll be over 40 that'll say, nah, as 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 Knicks fans, that'll say, nah, fuck the Celtics. I hate everything about them. Fuck them. Right. For me, the Celtics are not my biggest priority. It's those idiots in Brooklyn. Yes. I hate I agree. them. I hate them. I hate everything about them. I hate every single player that they have. I hate their fans. I hate I even hate the piece of shit arena that they play in, even though it's very nice. Just don't tell anybody that said that. But well, UBS arena is nice too. So oh, UBS is, ab- is absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. That 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 can stand up on its own. The Coliseum just blow it into a thousand pieces. But there isn't like that, that big rivalry because there's other options. It's like, weird. Yeah. If we're zeroing on just, on just the Celtics, the Knicks fans today, odds are, if you weren't born in 
1970 or earlier, your attention is really going to be on the Nets. And you're just going to be like, fuck them. Yeah. And it's interesting because the for hockey, the Rangers and the Bruins haven't been in the same division for how, how many years now? You know? At yeah. least... At least 20 years, I think. And like the last time that the Rangers and the Bruins met in the playoffs was like, you know, the, the Rangers lost in five games. The Bruins went on to the Stanley Cup final to lose to the Blackhawks. And then that was it. You know, I think that might be an older generation thing also because the Rangers and Bruins had a rivalry probably in like the 70s and 80s. Mike Milbury. It's like, yeah. Mike Milbury. <laughs> Piece of shit, Mike Milbury. Going Fuck to punch, punch fans in the stands. But also, like, you know, Phil Esposito trading away all the Rangers' good players. There was the trade, you know, Jean Rattel and Brad Park getting traded to the Bruins. You know, it was a whole thing with yeah. that. Yep. But, uh, you know, that's besides the point. Um, this Now to the Warriors. Yes. the Now to the Warriors. So, I mean, the Warriors, the Warriors are crazy. Like, what's that to say? This team, everybody thought that they were done after, you know, Clay Thompson has two catastrophic injuries in back-to-back years. And uh, we all think that the Warriors are dead. You know, Kevin Durant leaves at the end of 2019 to go to the team that shall not be named. Everyone thinks the Warriors are done. You know, they're rebuilding. But this team is good now, is good again. You know, it's crazy. And the core is still there, more or less. You know, Clay Thompson's back. Steph Curry's here. Andre Iguodala is here. Draymond Green is still here. You know, this team and this team has gotten better uh, with guy with like buy low guys like Andrew Wiggins, for example, Gary Payton, um, and they have like a really good set. Like they have two pretty solid centers now, also. With Kevin Looney and James Wiseman. This team doesn't have too many holes, which is crazy. No, no, there aren't a lot of holes, but there's really three pieces for this Warriors team that, you know, put them over the top. And the numbers speak for speak for themselves. I mean, when you're looking at the offensive numbers for the Warriors in the postseason, 116 points per 100 possessions and just in the playoffs alone, when they averaged about 112 points per 100 possessions in the regular season, and then you get that up to 114 when you had Steph Curry on the court. And now when you've put together Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, the, the, the kind of the big three air quotes for, for the Warriors, they're averaging 121 points per 100 possessions. If you round up, you want, you want to round up on that's 122. That's that's that you're scoring. That's a lot of points that the Warriors are are are, are posting uh, on a nightly basis, and that's really going to help them against a Celtics team that can keep up uh, with their scoring, but also is really going to stymie them on on defense. The only thing that I uh, do have with both teams, and that's a little bit of gripe that I that I do have, is they're both going to take a lot of fouls. So I think in in this series you're going to see. Who's gonna who, who's going to be able to drain their uh, their free throws? That's going to be big, and on a game by game basis, and then also you know when you're looking at the series as a whole, 
you could probably go ahead and say the team that makes majority of their free throws is probably going to win their it's going to win the series. Now, is it going to be the Warriors or is it going to be the Celtics? There are a couple key components, but you know, you want to focus in on the big three for each team. And we're just going to settle on Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, and then Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown for, for the Celtics. The Robert Williams erasure, I will not stand for. Well, Robert Williams, Robert Williams is going to be, he does his own thing, but I, I, I do want to talk about guys that kind of do the same, the same sort of thing and have the same sort of roles. And, and it just works out that the, the big three for each team is the same sort of uh, players. It's going to come down to which of the secondary guys of those big three is going to show up. We've seen Marcus smart against Miami. He was fantastic, but in game seven, when it mattered most, Marcus Smart just went cold and it allowed Miami to just get back into the game a little bit. It could be a bit, a bit of game seven, you know, yips. I, I don't know um, what we're, we're going to have to see. But Jordan Poole has been absolutely sensational in, in this postseason. And then you combine it with just the absolute audacity that Steph Curry brings on a nightly basis. Clay Thompson has really looked good after being a little shaky uh, during the regular season. He's you know, kind of found his game a little bit over the last month or two. It's really going to be which of those big three is going gonna, is gonna to stand out. And I mean, I'm going to be completely honest, you know, with with a lot of people. I, I would go as far as to say that, you know, you, th- you want to talk about the best players in the NBA today. You have to put Nikola Jokic up there, Steph Curry up there, Kevin Durant. Um, if you could guarantee me that Anthony Davis is going to be healthy, I'd put Anthony Davis up there, Devin Booker up there, Joel Embiid. I would Luka absolutely Doncic. Uh, Luka Doncic. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I absolutely would be putting Jason Tatum in, in that category as well. I think this is like this is his chance to show on a not even national. We're talking a global level because we all know that the NBA Finals are such a global event. This is Jason Tatum's chance to show that he belongs at the adult table. You know, for for lack of a better uh, expression, this is his chance to do it, and he's going up against one of the all-time greats and one of the best big game players ever in Steph Curry. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that this is the first time that this group has been to the NBA Finals. Yeah, because they've gotten they've gotten very close um, over the years, and there have been you know whether it be not making the playoffs, getting uh, losing to the Heat in 2020, uh, LeBron being there, uh, the, the Raptors in 2019. You know, this is a true test for them. This is uncharted territory for the Celtics team. And, you know, Jason Tatum does have the ability to take over games with his scoring. And we've seen it. We see it. We see it throughout the regular season. You know, when I was working at the fan and CBS Sports Radio, there have been there were a number of games throughout this season and last season where it's like, oh yeah, Jason Tatum just had 50 points casually, or like 45 point 45 yep. points, and he and he took over the game. And that's just what he does. He's crazy, he's absurd. And it, even uh last year when the Celtics were playing the Nets and they got and they lost in five games. That one game, the Nets won. Jason Tatum went fucking off in that game against Brooklyn. 
And, um, you know, that could have been kind of a, a hint at this breakout. Like, the Celtics team is good. This is going to be a great finals. I wouldn't be surprised if this, if this series goes to seven. Not in the slightest. And No, I wouldn't be surprised either. This could be a very high-scoring series, for sure. And, you know, the interesting thing also is that we're kind of seeing, we might see a situation kind of like what people were thinking with the Rangers and the Lightning in hockey, where the Golden State Warriors, they finished their series really quickly against the Mavs. And uh, the Celtics, they, the Heat took them to seven. So it's a matter of will the Warriors be more fresh or will they be rusty against Boston? Or, and will Boston either be tired or have momentum on their side, considering that they just played in game seven against Miami? That's the real question. Who do you think wins the series? I think how many State, games? I think Golden State wins in seven. I think Boston wins in seven. Golden State has championship pedigree, and it's, you know, proven success in the NBA Finals. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston wins. You know, that's why I'm saying in seven, because it's going to be a close series. But I think I give the edge to experience in this, in series like these. That's fair. It's, it's very fair. I'm rooting for the Warriors. I have a future in on the Warriors that I placed back in January. So if the Warriors do win this series, I'm going to get paid. So I'm, uh, I'm absolutely 100% rooting for the Golden State Warriors. Um, but I do think that the I do think the Celtics do win this series. And there, there's only there are two ways this series is gonna go. The Warriors take care of business quickly, or Boston drags this out. And we get to a game seven and it's a you know, it's a game six, game seven situation. But I think having home court, home court definitely does help Golden State a lot. And I think it's really, really difficult. Uh, to envision uh, Boston in seven winning in Oracle. That would that, that'll well, definitely be a challenge. It's actually not Oracle. Oh, it's, that's right. They fucking cha- they changed the name of it. I forget what the hell it no, is now. It's a, new, it's a new arena. It's the Chase Center. Oh, the Chase Center. Yes, that's right. That's right. This, is, this will be the first opportunity to win a championship in the Chase Center as opposed to Oracle Arena. Yes, that's it. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, no, they built. I think it was funny because they like they were built. They built the stadium, and I think they had to fight James Dolan on like land for some. I of it. wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. But I thought that was um, that was or Balmer. Was that for... No, that was Balmer that had to fight Dolan for uh, for the forum. Oh, it it, it could be. I, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I just know that I just know that Balmer um, had to fight Dolan for for the LA forum. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there are some, I, I don't know, the LA Yeah, forum. I, I, again, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just, I, I do know Wait, that, that the LA Forum was was the one that I know was with Dolan. I just, I don't know about this one. Wait, you mean the uh, the arena formerly known as the Staples Center or like the actual old LA Forum? The old LA was... Forum, yeah. Okay. That was, that was owned by MSG Company. That's so weird. Yep. Um, yeah, I might actually have to look that up because I'm curious. But anyway... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, the stadium, the Chase Center opened and the Warriors were shit because Clay yep. Thompson tore his Achilles in the finals. Correct. Like they, were, they were runners up. 
they were absolutely terrible. You know, uh, Alec Burks, a name that we, a player that we know very well, Alec Burks was getting like 30 minutes a game and they were tanking. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's besides the point. Let's move on to hockey and let's talk about the game that's happening as we are talking right now. Yeah. And that is the Colorado Avalanche going up against the Edmonton Oilers. Crazy fucking game. Eight to six in favor of Colorado in game one. Will that happen again? Probably not. Um, it's currently, it, it's currently nothing, nothing as we are uh, talking right now with 15, yeah, but six, six minutes first. into the game, six minutes into the game. I mean, it was two, one, uh, two, one going into the, uh, going into the second period. So I'm sorry, Chris Kreider scored with like a minute. Oh, who am I? I'm telling you, you were there. Oh, I was there. <laughs> you scored oh, like fucking, a minute I was fucking 20. There. I, was, I was in the middle of putting a zin in my mouth. As Chris Kreider buried one past Vasilevsky, I nearly swallowed a whole pack of nicotine salts, and I would have, I would have been fucking miserable. That was the craziest goal I've ever seen. Like the craziest I, sequence. Yeah, I feel like Chris Kreider. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have been shocked if he had gotten like cold feet. He's like, what am I doing? I'm right in front of the net. What do I go with this? Unmarked. Unmarked. There was nobody unmarked. there. There was literally nobody there. He was just by himself. There was nobody fucking there, but yeah, th- this Oilers Avalanche series is uh, is intoxicated. It is very very drunk, and I mean, listen, we all we all know the situation with the Edmonton Oilers and their issues in goal. Um, Mike Smith is going to be Mike Smith, and we talked about it in the Calgary series. Talked about it in the build-up to this postseason. Mike Smith just has to be average. And you have a team that, you know, you got Connor McDavid, you have Leon Dreisaitl, Vander Kane has been terrific in these playoffs. Zach Hyman's been great in these playoffs, Ryan and Topics. They, they have the offensive firepower to get it done. But you're going up against the Colorado Avalanche, who are lethal. And they, they will expose every flaw that a team has. And that's where I really worry about this Oilers team in this series. And, yeah, you, you score six goals – any other night, you're going to win a hockey game. But the problem is you allow eight and seven get get by your goalie, whether it was Mike Smith or, or Miko Koskinen, that's a huge problem for Edmonton. That's a massive, massive problem. Yep. And the other thing is, is that um, for Colorado, you know, they have goaltending issues also with Darcy Kemper being out. He was out for game one, I think. and he's... No, he got hurt in game one. But he got hurt in game one. He got hurt in game one. Paul Francois came in uh, partway through, and now uh, Francois is starting game two. And, you know, that's something worth monitoring. And, I mean, Darcy Kemper has been okay in these playoffs, for sure. He's gotten the Avalanche this far. But, yeah, I mean, the Avalanche have looked really great. But the Oilers, like, they're lethal on the power play. I mean, setting up uh, who... Who was it? I think it was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It was goal. Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, that was the name that I had on top of my head if we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. Dry Saddle's pass. Disgusting. Basically cross ice. Disgusting. I'm like, it's, it's like you that should be X-rated. Like that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Nasty. Absolutely that's, filthy. 
but that's what the Oilers bring to the table. That is what the yep. Oilers bring to the table. But then you now get to get to Colorado, and like you said, they have their own issues in goal now. So now, if if, if you're in the Eastern Conference and you're you're the Rangers or you're the Lightning, you're kind of sitting there, you're looking at your chops, and you're saying, "Oh, okay." You have Edmonton that has their own goalie issues, so you know you could score on Edmonton. Defensively, they're not as sound. But Colorado, you take Darcy Kemper out of the mix and you're going up against a backup goaltender, that helps you as well. And I really say that, you know, backup goaltender thing, more directed towards the Tampa Bay Lightning, because we all know what happens to the New York Rangers when they go up against backup goaltenders. Yeah, apparently those backup goaltenders turn into Patrick Waugh in Game 7 of the playoffs. Yep, they turn into Vezina Trophy winners. Yeah. So really, maybe we do want Darcy Kemper to uh, to be in goal. We made... <laughs> We made Louis Domingue and Antti Ranta look like fucking Vezina Trophy winners. Meanwhile, a guy who has actually won the Vezina Trophy and has actually won Stanley Cups on his own, Andre Vasilevsky, we put six pucks behind in game one. This yeah, fucking I mean, team. Not just Vezina Trophy winners, probably George Vezina himself. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the long-lost Russian grandchild of, of, of George Vezina. We, we managed to look like uh, he, that he was nothing, but... Yeah, this series, this series is going to be absolutely nuts. The series is going to be must-watch television for anybody that wants to see some good, uh, hard-nosed, high-scoring hockey. This is the one. This is most certainly the one for you. And uh, I'm really hoping that Edmonton can uh, can drag this out um, because I would much rather. I mean, no, I actually. Okay, I'm going to ask this as gently as I can. Well, actually, I want to say something before that. Go ahead. Go All, ahead. You know, the Avalanche do have goaltending issues with Pablo Franco's starting uh, game two, but he had an okay season. Like he had a nine sixteen in eighteen, uh, you know, in twenty one games, which is pretty. Good. He started eighteen of them uh, with a two point five five goal goals against per game. You know, yeah, but I mean, but I mean, you're also looking at the look. You're looking at the the defense that Colorado has in front of them, you know, with Devontae's the the, the worst fucking trade that Lula Lamorello has ever made, Devontae's for two second round picks. Yeah, unbelievable. Sure. And Eric Eric Johnson's been pretty good for them. Uh, nice to see Bowen Byram getting a nice consistent run after he he dealt with some head issues. And then for me, you know, you got the best the best defenseman on the planet. Jack Johnson uh, in, in Colorado. Oh, oh fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, in 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 Cal McCarr. I mean, what that what that guy is able to do, it, it it's him. There there are like four defensemen that are like you could you could put into into like their own group. Cal McCarr, Roman Yossi, Victor Hedman, Adam Fox. I think Cal McCarr is the best of the bunch. Because what he is able to do, not not just with the puck on his stick, but defensively as well, he is just he, he's an animal. But all four of them absolutely deserve their place the, the, at the adult table for uh, for defensemen in the league because they are just all unbelievable. And I honestly, Adam, I I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Well, no, I mean I'm not going to jinx it either way because I'm going to say it for for both. A Stanley Cup final where you have Kale McCarr, 
versus Adam Fox or Kale McCarr versus Victor Hedman would just be wow. Yep. Wow. That that would be uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah. And also, I mean, one defenseman that you forgot to mention who has been kind of a crucial deadline acquisition for the Avalanche is Josh Manson. Yeah, Josh Manson's been really good for them since since he's come over. He's done he's done really, really, really well. Yeah. And um, so for this series, I mean, where do you see it going? Oh, I think that this is going to be Colorado. Um, but honestly, I, in how many games? I said I said Edmonton was going to win in seven. Uh, I think Colorado wins this in probably five, five or six. If it goes to, if it goes to seven, maybe Edmonton can nick it. Maybe on the road. Maybe. Well, they, I mean, they, they they did it in Calgary, didn't they? Well, that was game five. It was game and five. Yeah, that's di- it's very different. Oh, very different. Absolutely. But you also have to take it to consideration as well that while we've been waxing lyrical about, you know, the Avs and, and Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Gabe Landeskog, the, the best player on the planet wears number 97 and plays the Edmonton Oilers. Well, frankly, the two best players on the planet play for the Oilers, which is crazy. Um, well, two of the best players. Well, on the one planet. definitely is, and the other one is definitely in the consideration. Yes, with Drysdale. I mean, Drysdale was unbelievable. First but, and third, I guess, if you want to say it's McDavid, Matthews, Drysdale. I would probably put McKinnon in that conversation as well. For second. I would, yeah. put, I would put I would put McKinnon in that conversation. Oh, absolutely, I would. McKinnon is just, and I'm no McKinnon fanboy. That's the that's the guy across the hall, but he what he can do is just unbelievable. And I I and I still you know for as for as homery as you want to call this, I'll, I'll just go out and say it. I mean, I, I would absolutely 100 put Sidney Crosby into into that conversation as well because he he could still do it. Currently, though, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, not for – I mean, he could be in the top 10 of best players in the I league. Would, I would put him – I don't know if I would put him at two, but definitely in the conversation for two and still be in top five. Yeah, absolutely. He was the best player in, that, in, in our first-round series versus Pittsburgh, and it, it was not close. It, it's it, true. it wasn't close. It's true. I mean, Ovechkin is, uh, is up there too. Oh, but... yeah. Yep, Ovechkin I would put in there. Yeah, absolutely. He's in the conversation. Well, whatever. Two but I, the, I also I'm also going to recognize class and quality when I see it. And as far as I'm concerned, the best player that I've ever seen in my lifetime for right now is Sidney Crosby. Yeah, it's going to be McDavid in a couple of years. Trust me. It might be McDavid. It might be McDavid. McDavid has to win. That that's that that's the only issue. Is that will McDavid will he win? And if he does then you could start having that conversation about is he the best player of this of this well i don't even know would you consider mcdavid a part of the same generation as crosby i i, I don't think so no Sidney crosby and alex ovechkin were drafted in 2004 and yeah, 5 okay, so he's, respectively he's the best player of this generation mcdavid but can you say that he's the best player that we've seen since gretzky when you're comparing mcdavid versus crosby and even Ovechkin too, because probably Ovechkin's going to pass Gretzky and be the all-time leading goal scorer for, for for the National Hockey League. 
you know, could you put McDavid into that category if he doesn't win a Stanley Cup when both Ovechkin and Crosby have Crosby winning multiple? I don't I really don't think you can, despite despite the individual brilliance that McDavid brings to the table. And, and like I, I'm not trying to discredit McDavid for anything. I mean, McDavid is unbelievable. But when you're comparing his resume and it shows zero, that's a big problem. It's a big problem. Like Tony Romo would get more respect if he won a Super Bowl because all you need is one. People want people talk about Joe Flacco all the time. He won one Super Bowl. So he has that. He has that on his resume. McDavid doesn't win a Stanley Cup. He's just a really, really great player, potentially one of the best ever that may that might end up being a Dan Marino because he never won he never won a championship. But you can never you're never gonna mention Dan Marino in the same conversation as Tom Brady or as Joe Montana, because he never won, he never won a championship. It'd be the same thing with David that you can't really put him in the same category as a Gretzky or as a Crosby or as an Ovechkin, despite how individually brilliant he is because he never won a championship. Well, then he's just called Giroux, I guess. No, I wouldn't go that low. I wouldn't go that low. McDavid, if he, if he does not win for whatever reason, and we're just going to, you know, we're going to play this hypothetical game. What if Connor McDavid does not win a Stanley Cup? McDavid would go down as the best player of all time to never win a cup. More than likely. Yeah. More than likely. I, w- I would say so. And that's considering Henrik Lundqvist is a part of that mix. But I, I don't want to talk about the fact that Henrik Lundqvist didn't win a Stanley Cup. That just brings too much pain and sadness to my heart. Well, I mean, you can also think of players like, you know, Doug Gil- Did Doug Gilmore win a Stanley Cup with the Flames? Um, I mean, I don't think so. Doug Gilmore's up there. Matt Sundin. Yep. Yep. I'm just Saku, thinking of guys. Saku Koivu. He's pretty good. I love Saku. I absolutely, I love Saku. Uh, Joe Thornton. Yeah. Paul Korea, four years too four years too late, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, it's true. But anyway, this Oiler, this series is going to be really close. I think the Avs do win in in seven for me, just because the Oilers are going to keep fighting. You know, I think really, you know, for the Battle of Alberta, that there was a crazy nine six game in game one, and then Mike Smith kind of was grounded a bit. Yeah. In games two through five. And, you know, nothing crazy has happened. Nobody has scored since we've been talking about this game. And about six minutes of game time has actually gone has gone by. And, um, yeah, and Mike Smith has eight saves on eight shots. And Paul Frenzos has seven saves on seven shots. But um, maybe this is a scenario where Mike Smith is more grounded as the series goes on. And the Oilers will, like, it's hard to stop them from scoring. I mean, Evander Kane has been on a crazy heater. I mean, personal feelings about Evander Kane aside, he has been on an, a monster, monster heater. He's been incredible in these playoffs. Yeah, and I, I mean, look, I mean, I'm not exactly the best human being in the world. I get that. But I'm, I, again, I say it all the time in this podcast, I'm a believer in second chances. And... Vander Kane is taking that and he's playing literally in the perfect situation for him to be a secondary player. He'll play top six minutes 
and he could be a contributing piece to a team's attack that already is just super, super juiced. So I, I, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. Personal feelings aside, like you said, I am happy for him that he's taking a second chance, that he's taking, uh, taking advantage of the second chance that he's been given because there was no guarantee that he was going to get it. Yeah, you're with absolutely the right. With the way he's playing, I mean, it, it, sir, it's looking like the Edmonton Oilers are, are, are geniuses for taking advantage of, you know, going out, getting Evander Kane to the cheap, bringing him in because he, he's been he's been great for for Edmonton in a free-flowing offensive setup. And I know there are people that, you know, that'll say, oh, oh, why didn't the Rangers go out and try and get Evander Kane? Number one, he plays on the left side. We don't need any more left wingers. Number two, uh, in, in an offense, in, in a system that is so four-check heavy and places such an emphasis on establishing a four-check, on your wingers coming back and helping defensively, that's not a Banner Kane's game. So for the Rangers, that just that didn't make a lot of sense uh, for me if they were going to go and do that. And I mean, to be perfectly fair, uh, we've seen the Rangers get rid of cancers in the past, and Vander Kane did have that cancerous um, label to him. Well, this was this was a risk for sure. Tony D'Angelo did, and then maybe with the Rangers, you know, if you want to keep it in house. Uh, kind of like a Vitaly Kravtsov situation as well, but Vitaly Kravtsov that was I would not much compare, more self inflicted. I would not compare compare Vitaly Kravtsov with those two assholes, frankly. No, no, but they, they they both have they both have cancerous reputations. I mean, I mean Vitaly Kravtsov will never be welcomed back to a, to the New York Rangers locker room for as long as Chris Drury is the general manager there. But he did. I don't see Chris Drury getting fired tomorrow. No, probably not. But uh, actually, the funny thing is, the Avs might score yet because it's Toronto five on three. Oh, good. All right, so we're we're gonna transition away from uh, talking about the Avs and the Oilers, and they're gonna score. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yes, exactly. Let Let's stop talking about this and move on to the series that we all want to talk about, and that is the Lightning and the Rangers. Phenomenal game one performance by New York at home, at the Garden, you know, scoring that goal, Chris Kreider scoring with like a minute 20 gone by in the first period was absurd. And that's what the Rangers needed as like, because I feel going into that, I was very apprehensive. I'm like, what is What's going to happen here? You know, Tampa Bay is incredibly good. They might skate circles around us, yada, yada, yada. They were been well-rested. But, you know, after that goal was scored, I'm like, oh, we got this. This is this is awesome. I've been in pretty loud buildings in my time. Uh, I I've heard a lot of noise when Chris Kreider scored that goal. That was the loudest I've ever heard a building in my life. Like that was wow. The the noise was ridiculous and it set the tone for the, re- for the rest of the game. And, and and honestly, for what it's worth, I thought Tampa Bay dominated that first period. After we had scored, I thought Tampa really had control of, of that period. And I went into that break, and I, I was nervous. I was like, oh, boy, because that it didn't, it didn't go well. And especially in, like, the last – after we scored the goal and up to, like, the last five minutes of the period – I was like, oh boy, it just felt like we were that they were in our zone the entire period. I was sitting there saying to myself, 
what the fuck? Why? It seems like every time the Rangers play a team in the playoffs, it seems like that they're on the power play cut on five at five on five with the way that's that they what it felt like. Around. Yeah. That's what it felt like that. It was just a, 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 just a power play. that was never ending because they were just in the zone the entire fucking time. And no one was hitting in that first period. It was just very flat. And I was just like, how, how could you be flat with the atmosphere that you're in? The crowd is on fire after that goal. And you're trying to protect a one, nothing lead. Like, no, no, stop that. Stop I think that. The, no, 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 no. The other thing that made it made me a little apprehensive is that you had a situation where Kreider scores. Awesome. One, nothing lead. And then a couple minutes later, Stamco scores on that crazy goal. Oh, it was a great goal. Then, great goal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think it was Vetrano that scored after that. Yes. Um, yes. It was yes. Vetrano scores. Great. It's 2-1. Awesome. And then a couple, like a minute and 30 seconds later, Andre Palat ties it up again. You're like, okay, this is going to be back and forth, back and forth. And then Hedo scores his two goals, which kind of put, put this game – to, to bat almost, and Artemi Panarin and Savannah uh, Mika scoring in the third period, you know, really put this game to bed. And it was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I mean, I feel like saying anything, like, give me your honest opinion. Your honest, honest, honest opinion. Okay. Do you think the Rangers will win this series? No. Okay. No, I think Tampa win in six. Okay. When Tampa went win in six. I think they win. Um, I think they win game two. I think they win game three. I think they win game four. I think they win game five. I think they win game six. Okay. I think the my, I think my honest opinion. I think the Lightning will probably win in seven. Wow, every series for you has been in seven. Yeah, I don't know. It's even. I'm very, I'm a very indecisive person, but I could tell. I um, yeah. I, I, well, the Rangers just have series go to seven. Like it's just the the thing that happened. We're like the 2014 Kings. I mean, yeah. Probably, every series the safe, that we the play, best to seven. go to seven is probably the Rangers. Honestly, yeah. Two things. So what was Two the question things. that you had for me? That, that was what I was getting to, but I want to I want to address something first. How fucking dare you? Just skip over the shift. How dare oh, you? The shift? The shift. Literally. We were sitting, we were literally all sitting there, and we were saying to ourselves, this has to end in a goal. It, it felt like a fucking power play. And not to mention, it was the fucking children. It was my children. I love the children. Oh, Laffy was the only dude that was hitting. In the first 40 minutes. I love the man. Kako, my shy little boy. I thought Kako had a good game. I really think Kako had a really, really good game. I mean, but Philip Heedle. I'm telling you. Remember when we all were hoping that Philip Heedle was going to be traded at some point. Because we just thought that he was done. Well, how's that? How's that going? Uh, yes. I think that the, line, that the top two lines going to next season... I think it's going to be Kreider, Mika, Panarin, and then the kid line is going to be second. Is going to be second line. 
what he do with cop. I mean, you could, he's not, that's the thing is he, he's not a third line center, but I mean, I would keep Panarin with, with cop and you move Kako up and you try Kako with either Panarin cop or Kreider Mika. If you can't so, resign for Toronto, which I mean, I hell, I, I I would not be opposed. They try, they try and you know figure that out. But you also have to resign. You have to also have to figure out a way to resign Kako. Well, who's at the top then? That's a question that they have to figure out. Who is I mean, your number ideally, one right winger? Ideally, if the guy just fucking showed up, paid his dues, and wasn't such a bitch about it, it would have been Vitaly Kravtsov. He would be your not. He would be our number one right winger. I don't think so. He would have had a chance to play there. Yes, he would have had a chance to play there. Now, whether he would have stuck there, I have no idea. But we're never going to find out. Like if he just paid his dues, went down to the AHL, did his thing, he would have been called up, and he would have been fucking playing. I have no doubt about that. But no, he just took his bag, went home, and here we are. So it's it's not good. It's not going to be crafts of. I, I really. The whole Phil Kessel thing just makes so much sense. Like on a one-year deal, Phil like Kessel a two-year so deal. Weird. Yeah, I, like but that's I don't such an know. early two thousands Rangers thing to do. He is not a Ranger player, though, with the way this team is set up. But if you want a guy that's going to just score goals and that be his role, that that's Phil Kessel. That that's his game. That's the thing, though. Phil Kessel doesn't do you doesn't do anything for you defensively. No, no. So if you're willing to sacrifice that for a winger, it's going to get you 50, 60 points. Then yeah, that's worth it. Yeah. I mean, we can say you can't judge what Phil Kessel has done this year playing in Arizona. I mean, that's honestly, if I'm playing with the Arizona coyotes, I'm calling my agent right now. I'm just being like, yo, find me, find me a way to get out of here. Just because my God, that's just a disaster of a situation. I mean, next season they're going to be playing in a college stadium. You're going to be playing in a five thousand seat stadium. How how would God's name have they not moved them back to Quebec net yet? Like for God's well, sake! Technically, they moved back. For, they moved from Winnipeg, but still. Well, I'm saying get a team back. Get, get a team back oh. to Quebec. Yeah. Like the market's there. It's perfect. And what? Like, can you imagine that happening in the NBA or in the NFL? So there's a proposal. I think. For, for the Raiders to play in Sam Boyd Stadium where UNLV, your, uh, UNLV play, and the Raiders were like, no, fuck that. The stadium's too small and decrepit for us. We're going to stay in Oakland for three years until Legion Stadium is finished. Um, and it worked I mean, out perfectly. Yes, but the Coyotes don't have that option because they don't pay their bills, apparently. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I don't know how they, uh, they manage to just keep running. It, it literally just makes no fucking sense to me. But the NHL part- has moved teams for less. Yep, exactly. That's part one of my question. Part two: How was the um, how was the announcing of the game last night? Because I know Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro um, have gotten a bit of stick for how uh, how the series has been called. I don't um, like them. I don't like them at all. I miss. Kenny. I, don't, I wish. I don't like them Kenny. either. I wish we had Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek. Yep. Or give Bob Washusen. Like Bob Washusen actually fucking enjoys it, even though I don't think he's very good at it. 
he I at think least he's enjoys great. it and he shows the enthusiasm. That's what I fucking want. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, Sean McDonough just doesn't sound like he wants to be there. He wants to just take his bag and go home. Well, Sean, the thing is, is that ESPN and a lot of these leagues are like, well, if, if you can call football, then you can call hockey. And not everybody is like Kenny Albert and Bob Wischusen, where, you know, well, Kenny Albert can call anything, frankly. And he's called basically everything. He's called everything. Yeah, he's called everything. Sam Rosen. Yeah, Sam Rosen has called everything. Al Michaels calls everything. Joe Buck calls everything. But Ian Eagle. Ian Eagle. Yes, exactly. Uh, Kevin Harland. Jim Nance. Jim, yep. Jim, Kevin Harland, our dear friend. Yes, our dear friend, Kevin Harlan. Friend of the podcast. Friend friend of the podcast. But, you know, not everybody is like those guys. No. They can call every sport. People have their specialities. You know, you wouldn't expect somebody like, and I need to think of an example off the top of my head real quick. But John Butcher Gross. Yes. Well, like a play-by-play announcer. Well, that leads to my next question. And you didn't answer my, my previous question. Was, was it, Were they any good? Yeah, they were pretty good. They were okay. okay. I feel like Ray Ferraro, like, I feel like the, like, Gerard Gallant, like, kicked his, kicked, like, stole his lunch money when they were in high, when they were in elementary school or something. Yeah. Yeah. I get that vibe. I get that vibe. There's, there's something, there's something there, but I don't understand. Did Ray, did Gerard Gallant, like, cut Mario Ferraro? Aren't they, like, cousins or something? I have no idea. They <laughs> might be. Um, but now my next question for you is, who's calling the Stanley Cup final? Is it McDonough and Ferraro? I hope not. By the way, uh, Daryl Sutter won Coach of the Year. Oh, Gallant didn't give a fuck about the Adams. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he did not give two shits. I hope to God it's not McDonough and Ferraro for the final. Whether the Rangers are in it or not, I don't. I, I that that is irrelevant. Uh, I because I'm gonna I'm gonna watch regardless, but. I hope to God it's not them. Oh, please, good God. Please, good God, kill me. Um, yeah, Rangers. Rangers look fantastic. I don't think great, they're related. Great night. Oh, they're not? Okay, good. All right, so maybe there's no bad blood, and we're just uh, we're just sensitive. But it was a great night for the Rangers. Loved every second of it. Was thrilled to be in the building. And um, we move on to move on to Friday. Yep. LFGR. Yep. LFGR. And why not us? Why not us? That's correct. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Broad Salt, I am Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. Love you guys. Igor's better. Bye-bye.